Hey everybody, it's Britt, lead pastor at Sunridge. Welcome or welcome back to our teaching podcast. You know, we are on a mission here at Sunridge to help people find and follow Jesus. We believe in the good news that Jesus welcomes all regardless of how far you feel from God. That means we're a great starting point to explore Christianity or to sink your spiritual roots deep as a devoted Jesus follower. If you'd like to know more about us, just check out our website at sunridgechurch.org. And of course, we'd love to have you drop in anytime for a visit to learn and worship along with us. And now, here's our teaching for this week. Merry Christmas, Sunridge! And guests! Yeah. If, you don't, if you say, well, I don't belong here, I'm not Sunridge. You are now. We consider you part of the family. Merry Christmas to y'all. You can be seated. Most of you know that um, in the month of December, we've been in this teaching series we've called uh, The Real Story of Christmas. And we've been trying to kind of like dig a little deeper and go behind the scenes of some of the, the events and stories and people that we, we know so well and, and just try to get a little more out of it and, and kind of find some nuggets maybe that maybe the context uh, you didn't know from the Bible or even from history has brought it forward to us. So I, I hope that you, you've been enjoying it. We've looked at, um, we've looked at uh, the, um, Joseph and Mary We've looked at uh, the birth of Jesus, and last week we looked at Herod. And you know, I gotta admit, like confess before the whole church, I, I did not see that segue coming that happened last week where like I was talking about this awful person, Herod, and then all these cute kids came up here and sang. It's like, oh, that was a disaster, but anyway, next time I'll do better. But today what I wanna do is I wanna look at the real story of the first Christmas. And I, I have a movie to show you, it's only three minutes long, but I think it's a blockbuster, and let me see if you guys agree with me. An angel came to see Mary. She was doing laundry, and then the angel just appeared and she was really scared. So Gabriel was like, Mary, you're gonna have, what? I can't, I can't say good. Mary, you're gonna have a baby. I, you're gonna have a baby and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, I'm not gonna have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager and I'm not married. <laughs> then the angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. She, you are having a new baby. And so they met up. They went to Bethlehem. Him, which was Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. <laughs> I don't know. A camel. Oh yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. Well, they tried to go to a hotel and they asked the keeper um, for a place to stay. The keeper said, we have no rooms. Literally, no rooms. <laughs> so Mary and Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, the only place and here in Bethlehem, that that you can stay stay is a staple. And then he just pointed the way, and they followed. When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, then they saw angels. The angels said, "A new baby is getting born, who is king of the Jews." The angel were singing. Yes. 
and then the shepherd said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes, maybe have to camp out a night. And then the wise men heard about it, and then a star appeared. We should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, that I have at home. Some diapers, and <laughs> some wipes, and some milk, some <laughs> shoes, some Jordans. Gold, Frank, and Latimer. And I don't know how I would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's gonna be our best friend. I love you, and you're the best baby I ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> the new baby is gonna change the world. I know you're thinking we should just say amen and go home now, but I have something to add to that. What do you guys think? Oscar nomination or what? Yeah, I think it's great. Oh, man, some people are just so brilliant and creative. So, okay, with, with that solid um, biblical and uh, doctrinal and theological foundation, just what is the story of the, uh, the, the story of Christmas, you know. So the Pew Research Center recently conducted a survey and recently found that a growing share of Americans say that the religious aspects of Christmas are becoming less important to them. In fact, they found that a declining majority of Americans believe that the, in the, that the biblical Christmas story reflects historical events. What do I mean by that? That Jesus was born of a virgin, he was laid in a manger, that wise men guided by a star, brought gifts to Jesus, and an angel announced his, uh, his birth to shepherds. So why is that important? Because it affects everything, namely why Jesus came in the first place. So what is the biblical version of the first Christmas? What is it a real story of? And that's what I'd like to explore briefly here on this Christmas Eve, so let's jump in. Number one, the real story of Christmas is that there was really a man named Jesus. Jesus existed in time and in history, and how do we know that? Well, first of all, I don't know of any secular scholar, old or new, regardless of what they think of the Christian faith, that would deny that Jesus was actually born and became a real man. In fact, Jesus is one of the most documented figures in all of human history. You find him documented in the writings of Thallus, a first century Greek writer, Pliny the Younger, the Roman historians Tacitus and Suetonius, as well as the Jewish historian uh, Josephus. And of course, uh, the most detailed record of Jesus' life is found in the four independent eyewitness biographies of Jesus' life written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Here's what one, that is Luke, has to say about the story of his birth in Luke 2, Verse 8, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. And he said, I bring you good news that will bring 
Great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. So the Bible says that a real man named Jesus was born the Savior of the world, the Messiah. And that according to the, the angel, we should not fear him because his coming is good news that will bring great joy to all the people. But there's another thing I'd like for us to consider about the first Christmas and whether it's a real story. The real story of Christmas is corroborated by multiple prophecies. When the Bible contains prophecies, and by that I mean like foretelling, uh, given in some cases hundreds of years before Jesus was born. And I would say that if, if those were fulfilled, then we can be reasonably sure that this is a real story, and if not, then he's not the real deal. Here are just a few of the prophecies concerning the coming Messiah. First of all, the Messiah would come from the line of David, and he did, from the tribe of Judah, the family line of Jesse, David's father, and the house of David. Secondly, the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, and it wasn't a planned or self-fulfilled uh, event by Joseph and Mary. What sent them to Bethlehem was the Roman government was taking a census, and they were uprooted with thousands of other uh, people in that first century, like Joseph. Joseph was re required to return to his city of birth, and that's how Jesus came to be born in Bethlehem, as the prophet, the prophet Micah predicted. And then last, the Messiah would be presented with gifts. That's in Isaiah. And you know, most of you know the story. The gifts were brought by the Magi. Now, mathematicians have calculated the odds of just one of these prophecies being fulfilled. One in 400 million. Now, just how remote are those odds? Let's think about this. You are far more likely to hit the lottery at one in 300 million. In fact, there are a lot of things that you probably don't think about during your day uh, that are far more likely to happen to you, like a plane crash is 11 million to one. Or you might fall out of bed, that's two million to one. Or you might contract a flesh-eating bacteria, that's one million to one. You might be hit by lightning, which is 1.2 million to one, or bitten by a dog, which is only 119,000 to one. You might be bitten by a snake, that's 50 million to one, and one that's personally dear to me, uh, you might be the victim of a shark attack, which is three and three quarter million to one. And last, you're much more likely to get a, a royal flush in your first poker hand, that's 650,000 to one. You say, well, Britt, it would be uh, pretty easy for anyone paying attention at that time or knowledgeable of the Old Testament scriptures to, to tee these up so that they coincided with the actual events surrounding the birth of Jesus. The problem is that um, there weren't just three prophecies that were fulfilled in Jesus' birth. There were other prophecies associated not only with his birth, but his entire life and death. He would, betrayed, he would be betrayed for a set of money a uh, set amount of money. They would cast lots for his clothing. He would be pierced by a sword as part of his death and even how he would be executed by crucifixion. Now, mathematicians have also calculated the odds of just eight prophecies all being fulfilled in the life of one person by chance. Are you ready for that number? 
It's one in 10 to the 17th power. So that's, uh, in case you forgot math, uh, that's one with 17 zeros following it. And here's the number. Let's put it up on the screen. So that's just for eight prophecies to happen by chance. But here's the thing. There are actually a total of 332 Old Testament prophecies fulfilled in the life of Jesus. Now, can you imagine that number? Me neither. So, is it a real story? You could ask, how do I know that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John didn't alter the details of Jesus' life just to make it all line up? And I think that that's a fair question, but there are at least two problems with that theory. Number one, the gospel accounts of Jesus' life were written and circulated within 30 years or less of his death, which means that there were still eyewitnesses living at the time. And these people had firsthand knowledge of the acts and events in life of Jesus. And if details of his life had been altered, we would have record of disputes because there were plenty of powerful people who did not want to see the Christian story go forward and wanted to suppress Christian faith. Instead, as you've seen, we have historians who uh, did not share Christian faith, corroborating the real story of his life. The second problem is this, that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were more willing to die, they were more than willing to die for the veracity of their accounts the life of Jesus. They believed in the real story of Jesus. Eleven of the disciples died a martyr's death. Each was given a chance to recant and live, yet they didn't. Now, we all know that people are willing to die for what they believe to be true, even if it isn't. But people are not willing to die for what they knowingly realize is a lie. Now, we don't, have to, we, we don't have time to go deep into the supporting evidence of the real Jesus here in our Christmas Eve story. And some of you are like, oh, thank you for reminding me of that. But if your jam is digging into things like this, the facts of Jesus' life or his death or the resurrection of Jesus, here's a few books that I would recommend for you to read. The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. Christianity for People Who Aren't Christians by James Emery White, who, who was a big contributor to this entire series for me in his books and notes. The Language of God by Francis S. Collins, who was uh, the director of the National Institute of Health under three presidents. He doesn't specifically talk about Jesus, but he talks about the existence of God. And then there's Cold Case Christianity, which is written by a former detective. Uh, and he approaches the resurrection like... Uh, like a detective would, uh, J. Warner Wallace. See, there's so much more to consider in the real story of the first Christmas. The real first Christmas, Christmas was not a fairy tale. And when we celebrate it, we're not celebrating um, you know, a cultural or a secular event or even a nice family holiday. What we're marking is more than presents and lights on trees. We are celebrating the birth of the Savior, a holy day. And you know, I know that on a Christmas Eve service like this, that is not where everybody is at. And some of you are here and you're like, you're just not sure of the real story of the first Christmas. And I hope that you'll consider some of the things that I've said 
this afternoon. Hopefully, I at least got you thinking. So let me say to you, those of you that you're on the fence or you're a skeptic or, you know, you just kind of ambivalent about the whole thing. Don't be content with just leaving the story um, in limbo. Dig into it. Get one of the books that I recommended. Re read it with a friend who is a Christian. And don't get sidetracked by all the crazy stuff that people are saying today who claim to be Christians. And I, I also want to say to you um, that I think Sunridge is a really great church. Not just for people who are seasoned in their faith and you're looking to grow deeper, but also for those of you who want to explore whether faith is real or not. And, it, and to us, it doesn't matter where you're starting from, whether you're a, a skeptic or distrustful or even cynical. This is a safe church to bring your questions. You can ask the people that come here. It's a safe place to just process all the confusion and competing voices that say they speak for Christianity today. I'm gonna ask the band to come up now. And while they're coming up, I just wanna let you know that next Sunday we start a series about the life of Jesus. We're gonna be studying the Gospel of Mark and Mark seeks to answer the question, who is Jesus? Because as we've learned today, and throughout this series, the, the real story of the first Christmas, the real story of Christmas, is when an angel revealed to Joseph when he said in Matthew 121, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He came to save us. That is the real story of the first Christmas. And that is something truly to celebrate. Let's pray. God, for, for those of us that are here wholehearted and um, fully believing, let's pray that this Christmas would be something extra special for us. And for those that are exploring or far from you, God, I, I pray that something would happen inside their own hearts that would make them want to know more. And that we could be the kind of people and friends and family that are a safe place to process those questions. And for those for this Christmas that there's an empty seat at the table um, or in the family room as the family gathers or friend that is, that's been lost, I pray that um, your presence would be extra real to them this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Merry Christmas, Sunridge. Hey, everybody, it's Britt again. Thanks for listening. If you need something, if you have a question, or you'd just like us to pray for you, you can reach us through email, info at sunridgechurch.org. We hope you'll listen in again next week, but in the meantime, keep helping people find and follow Jesus.